well, well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the second episode of the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. Um, thank you for joining me. I've been really looking forward to recording another one of these. And I just want to take a second and thank everyone who gave me such good feedback from the first episode. I got a load of nice messages. Um, really means a lot. I do enjoy doing them and I'm looking forward to developing the podcast. Uh, also, thank you very much, everyone, who gave me good feedback on the Love Sport Radio feature again. Uh, I've made a couple of appearances on one of the evening shows. And yeah, I really enjoy going on and chatting to the boys and um, hopefully representing us Chelsea fans well enough and giving some insight. Yeah, again, I got some nice messages and feedback from that little feature. So you know what? Thanks very much. Welcome back. And let's get into it. Alright, here we go. Okay guys, today I want to do the pod in three sections. I want to look back at the Huddersfield uh, game, the 3-0 away win at Huddersfield Town. A heroic performance by the boys. I'd also like to preview the Arsenal game next, uh, I was going to say next season then, yeah, I'll be looking ahead, wouldn't it? Uh, Next weekend, so I want to preview that game. And I would like to end by answering a bunch of your guys' questions. I got a lot of questions um, this past week, uh, and I really like that answering the questions on the podcast. I think that's something that I'd really enjoy to do is, and make perhaps a big feature. I've got a bunch of questions, so maybe if I if I get more and more, I'll just try and answer most of them. And um, I feel like that's one of the main reasons I want to do a podcast, because I want to talk to people about the Chelsea. <laughs> And um, what a great opportunity to get questions on Twitter, read them out, and then, you know, hopefully have that sort of uh, interaction with you guys. And I really dig that, so let's go with that. Um, Okay, so let's look at the Huddersfield game. What a win. I mean, a few of us confident fans may have uh, foreseen a big win like this. Excuse me. But maybe not me. It's an away game. They can be quite, you know, like dogged. Huddersfield, um, and I just didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, most of us really figured we'd see Hudson and Doyle starting on the left. There's, um, we all kind of knew Hazard wouldn't start due to fitness, and indeed he didn't. So, but we didn't get that. We didn't get Hudson and Doyle. We had the uh, the, the experience of Willian and Pedro on the flanks, which we have seen a bit before. I've seen under Conte quite a lot. It worked, you know, it was fine. Um, actually, I since have heard rumours about Hudson Adoy having a knock, so maybe that's the case. And who knows if he was completely fit and travelled with the squad, maybe he would have started. But for the moment, we don't know. So you know what? Let's just go through the lineup quickly. One big surprise is seeing our new boy in goal, Keparariza Badaga. I should have just said Keparariza Badaga. I won't try and do any form of accent because. That will probably upset and offend people. <laughs> so he was in the sticks. Young Gent gets his first start. Uh, let's talk about him, actually, before we get into the rest of the team. I think he did very well. I talked about this in Love Sport Radio about his debut. He had uh, quite an easy game in terms of what was thrown at him. But oh, what I want to read into a little bit more is this sort of... um. He had an air about him of how comfortable he was, right? He didn't seem phased. He was pretty commanding. I know three of that back four spoke Spanish. He doesn't speak English. So that probably helped. But he could still shout names and point and this, that and the other. He had a couple of occasions where he could sort of um, demonstrate his sweeper-keeper uh, capabilities. He came out um, 
I heard from or better analytical people than I in terms of you know goalkeepers. Apparently, his starting position is excellent, and that's always been the case. But that was demonstrated today. Um, you know, for his first uh, game in the Premier League to show that, and for people who know their onions when it comes to goalkeepers to say, oh yeah, you know, he's always got an excellent starting position. To the um, average football fan like me, who doesn't know too much about goalkeeping starting positions. That's you know, that's positive to hear. He made a couple of saves, but they were both sort of down his throat. Other than that, I mean, you know, he didn't have too much to do. I'm just sort of pleased. He had a sort of little moment where he was beat when the ball hit the bar, uh, the post rather. All he could do is sort of watch it bounce around. I mean, that happens to all keepers, you know, the best in the world. You'll see that happen too. So wouldn't worry too much about that. And all things considered, he had a really good debut. You know, he managed to sort of slip away with a with a clean sheet and a 3-0 win without too many people uh, scrutinising him. You know, he probably had a lot of eyes on him generally just because of the price tag and the fact it is his Premier League debut and he started so soon. But yeah, it went really well for him, all things considered. So I'm happy for the lad. Uh, now hopefully he can have this game against Arsenal and uh, everyone would know he had a you know, a clean sheet before and he, he didn't look out of place in no blunders. And if he gets through that game, you know, looking half decent as well, I think it, the dust will completely settle with him. All right. Okay, so let's look at this back four. Um, left back, we had the ever-present Marcus Alonso, who um, offensively had a good game. That's not our concerns with Alonso or my concern. He... Um, we all know what he's good at and he tries his hardest, bless him. And he's done incredibly well for us. And he's got some immaculate offensive numbers in terms of goals or just, you know, he's got a peach of a left foot. Let's be real. Um, I guess with Alonso, you got to take the rough with the smooth. So we all know what he brings. Anyway, he did all right in that game. You saw him getting a little bit sluggish, tracking back. Um, he won the penalty for the second goal, which is incredibly important, I suppose. Um, and that is Marcus Alonso, our left back. <laughs> Centre back pairing. We had the uh, apparently preferred combo of Antonio Rudiger. I think everyone would accept he should be first name on the team sheet when it comes to defenders, well, centre backs. Um, He's excellent. I think he's really going to suit this game superbly. I don't have too much to say about him. He seems to always get his head on a, on set pieces. He's a, sort of got leader qualities. He's good fun. He's strong. He, he's like the fifth quickest player in the Premier League. Um, You want that to be your centre-back, don't you? So, yeah, not, not really anything bad to say about Antonio Rudiger. And partnered up with David Luiz, um, who, again, we all love. Good leadership qualities. He's a baller on the ball, but unlike Rudy... We can. He's always seems like he's sort of like very close to making that mistake, you know. Whether he's like being a bit too slow on the ball or it's a one-on-one defending situation, there is a strong chance I think Louise might get muscled out by Christensen. But anyway, I think he had an okay game. The whole backline had sort of shaky moments, but I think that's due to sort of uh, the infancy of the system. Right back, Cesar Arispilagueta. He was good. It always is good. Um, I think he missed a couple of long diagonal balls to Morata, that old sort of um, partnership they had. Whether that's to do with the positioning that he starts in, that he's right back and not right centre back anymore, I don't think really that should make a difference. 
same general area, but you know, he's always solid, he's commanding, um, he's incredibly good at one-on-one -on -one defending as we know, and he had a good game, so yeah, big up Dave. Alright, centre of the park, the midfield three, we had Jorginho, we had Ngolo Kante, and we had Ross Barkley. Um, I'll talk about the goals very shortly, but I think they all did very well. It's really just sort of um, Ross Barkley who shows moments of industrious effort, um, generally knowing the system, but it's just these final sort of combinations and balls that we hope will come. None of us knows if he's going to have his spot nailed on, so we'll have to see about that. Um, but I'm quite pleased with him generally. It's the sort of really the only, you know, we're all thinking Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, we're thinking Kovacic now, right? And we're also thinking about Sesk. I think Sesk might be thinking about Sesk at this point. Bless him. So, yeah, that's our midf uh, midfield three. I'll go into that a bit more with the goals shortly. And then our front three. We had Alvaro Morata. We had William and Pedro on the flanks, like I briefly covered earlier. Okay, so... I want to start with Morata. I think he he has actually looked really good in terms of what he's doing. <laughs> maybe, okay, so maybe let, let me rephrase that. He's been working really hard and he's been making the right movements. We always knew he had good movement. He runs the channels. He's, um, I think he can do good interplay, but again, it's just, he's su we all know he's such a confidence player. And he gets, when you, even if you're getting all these combinations right, you're making the runs, you're getting the right places, you're even drawing people away from other players. If you haven't got that confidence and you are a confidence player, the final ball, the shot is going to be, you know, crap. And the kind of what it looks like with Morata, he could have scored a couple of times. Getting the ball out of his feet a little bit quicker when he knows he's just about, you know, he's in that position to score. So those milliseconds getting out of his feet, that's a confidence thing. I think we're all kind of disappointed to see Mishy go on loan, but upon reflection, I thought about it a little bit more. It makes complete sense. Um, Morata is an investment of the club, a recent big investment, and they want him to start. They know he's talented. They want him to come good. It would have been great to have Mishy doing almost a 50-50% rotation with him, but Mishy's good enough to start, man. We've sent him to Valencia on a loan, and this means now he's played in four of the five major European leagues, all but Serie A. So, and he's still a young dude, right? And he's scored a lot in all of them so far. So he's going to come back an incredibly cultured, experienced striker in that sense. And when you look at it like that, I kind of dig it, so... Go Mishy. Um, got to back Morata. I'm not sure how much we'll see it with Giroud and Tammy. I mean, we got Cups and Europa League, so... Might see him both. Um, and yeah, I haven't really got too much to say about Morata. It was early doors. Um, Willian, he obviously good, great on the ball. Great um, interplay. It's interesting with Willian because uh, when Hazard does start, it's going to be a, a fight for that right-hand spot again. Um, we were all calling for a new signing, but Sorry seems to be happy. So... He's frustrating, William, because hopefully he'll be happy and he'll like this new system of play and Hazard likes playing with him, which is important. But we need goals out of him, man. I don't think he's ever got 10 goals in a season for, uh, in the league, even in that, like, uh, imperious first season under Conte. So the jury's not out. We know he's a good player. That's why people were offering a lot of money for him that I personally would have preferred to take. But, you know, he's good to have in the Arsenal and let's see what... Um, 
see if he can actually become the weapon a bit more of a weapon rather than the sorry uh, you got the assist uh, for Angolo's goal um, and then Pedro you know what Pedro I think Sarri really likes Pedro he's like a little technical striker or forward rather that he really likes um, he's sort of back to playing the football he was playing at Barcelona this 4-4 excuse me 4-3-3 high pressing football attacking expansive so he's going to be happy it suits him well he's got another year in his contract so everything's coming up roses for Pedro right now and he's got three goals in his last four for Chelsea, including preseason. It's just, uh, I think he played in the Community Shields, didn't he? Anyway, that was a bit of a shit show, so we, we don't worry too much about that. But, you know, he's in good form, right? So Pedro, I think, sorry, he's going to not want to drop Pedro. So that's interesting. You know, could we see a hazard? Could we see what we saw... Um, well, not under Conte the first season because we had the uh, the superb Diego Costa, but we had always starting on the flanks, Hazard and Pedro. Willian would be a sub, so maybe we'll see that again. All right, cool. So that is the lineup. Let's look at the game. Oh, you know, at the beginning, I was a bit worried. It did look like we were getting caught out by dogged English long ball. Uh, sorry, sort of continental style. It looked like it might be suffering a little bit. There was a few occasions where uh, they sort of carved us open a little bit, but I think that's just defensive frailty going back to a back four. But it did look like we were carved open a little bit. Um, obviously, there was sort of frantic moments where the ball hit the post later on. Um, and they, had a, they popped off a couple of shots and got maybe a couple on target as well. So you think there were moments early doors when you, you thought, oh, God, you know, this is going to sort of be a rough ride. But we did grow into it. I actually thought by the end of the first half where we're 2-0 up, that scoreline flattered us, considering some of the passages of play Huddersfield Town and managed to execute. So, you know. But we went in 2-0 we up, and those goals came from <laughs> the quite unlikely goal scorers, which is awesome, really, because we need goals from everywhere. So, N'Golo Kante, I tell you what, man, new advanced role. We saw hints of it in pre-season where he makes those sort of um, uh, quite narrow forward runs on uh, the sort of more central channels. Um, and you think, oh, God, he's been, you know, he's been drilled to do that. Is he going to get on the end of some goals and stuff, um, on the end of some balls? And I tell you what, <laughs> he was in the right place at the right time for this volley. I'm not sure Willian actually mean to cross it back to where it, was but you know what he was there he shanked it a little bit but it sort of suited him and it went in um god bless him what a hero in Gola Kante is everyone bloody loves him you can't not like him uh he was so happy everyone's always happy when he scores and you know what I'm gonna call it I think Kante is gonna get like 10 league goals this season <laughs> I, I really think he's gonna he's gonna sort of pop up in that sort of space where opposition managers aren't going to account for. They're going to be looking at like these wingers and like the overlap from the fullbacks and the cutbacks and the strikers. And they'll be like, oh yeah, don't worry about Kante. You know, you, you make sure he doesn't tackle you, but don't pick him up as an offensive threat. And you know, there might be their mistake. He might bang a few goals and that would just be excellent. You know, I'd really enjoy that. So let's, uh, let's hope he does get on the end of a few more. Um... And then we, yeah, like I sort of alluded to earlier, Marcus Alonso ran in the box. He got a little clip on his heel from a Huddersfield Town defender and he sort of had that dramatic, you know, sniper in the air. Well, that's a little bit unfair. I was going to say sniper in the crowd, but he definitely had that sort of theatrical 
side fall over and we got a pen stonewall for me um when you see it properly you're like yeah he clips him proper and we got the penalty um i still think if uh, monsieur hazard is on the pitch he's going to be taking those because he's just got you know nitrogen in his veins um but we've seen a couple of times already the hop skip and a jump of Jorginho and uh, very enjoyable to watch and uh, puts it puts it away. It's a funny little technique, isn't it? No bloody respect. He's got... I think Sarri had a little laugh post-match when they asked him about it and he didn't have much to say. He was just sort of like, yeah, he's always done that. <laughs> didn't really have anything to say about technique. Obviously, it puts off the keeper to a degree when they don't know where you're going. Maybe they sort of show their cards a little bit in terms of which side they're going to jump. And then by the time his little hop makes surface with the earth, he's already chosen where he's putting it. 2 0, half time. Great. We're feeling better. I mean, um, we haven't seen the football and the interplay, you know, like we wanted. It was a little bit shaky at times, you know. And just wasn't as like confident and as free-flowing as we want Sari's style of play to be. But then the second half came and we got a little bit more of that. Confidence grew and I think, you know, this is a really important um, thing for me. I feel like Sari's halftime team talk really affected them because he looked really disgruntled in that first half. Arguably because he hadn't, he hadn't have had, you know, what, 20 cigarettes at that point, but... You know, aside from that, he didn't like what he was seeing and he alluded to that post-match, but he um, he obviously got a lot to say at halftime and it, we looked a lot better. The uh, the style of play looked like it's what he wanted. It was more fluid and attacking. And um, we got another goal for it, but more than that, I think with Sari's football, it's, uh, it's entertaining. It's good to watch when they're having fun. So even if it's just, you know, two sort of, um, I don't want to say fortunate goals, but goals against the run of play, and then versus one goal massively enforcing the run of play. It's just more enjoyable to watch the, the latter, you know, the second half. And that's what we got. Yeah, so the third goal came from Pedro. Eden Hazard came on. And boy, oh boy, did he come on. I know he looks a little bit like he's carrying a tiny little bit of timber. But uh, he ran right, dude. He came on. He's just having fun, you know. He, he looked serious, like a game face on, but he was enjoying himself out there. I think he misplaced a couple of balls just because he was rusty, but tell you what, dude's not lost his dribbles. He was, you know, slicing through people. He kept throwing um, up to Pedro those through balls that eventually got on the end of one. And um, yeah, put a lovely little uh, deft finish past the uh, keeper. 3 nil, son. So yeah. It looked really good. We we're moving really well by then. Um, generally, really pleased with the performance. Um, I went on Love Sport Radio maybe an hour after the game, and uh, you know I try to calm myself down and be objective. You know I did talk of how Huddersfield were in the ascendancy in early parts of the first half, but then we grew into it, and Sari's style started to shine. And he, he wasn't really, like, buzzing after the match in his post-match interview. He was like, you know what, that it looks like an easy game if you look at the scoreline, but that was a hard game, and I like that. I, you know, I want him to really... I don't want him to be happy until he's really happy, you know? So that bodes well. I do think... Uh, hopefully Hazard's fit to start the next game. And... Uh, it's really, now there's only a few questions to be asked uh, about, you know, the starting back four, that sort of third spot in the middle. 
Uh, with the front three, I don't think there's much questions to be asked. I think it is going to be Morata, it's going to be Hazard, and I think it is going to be Pedro. And we'll see rotation with the other competitions. But in terms of the starting lineup, that's where we're at. Okay, so let's stop the match review here. Hopefully I've said enough. I feel like I've spoke my mind about most things. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. But let's look ahead to the Arsenal match. Okay, so we're playing the Gooners next weekend at the bridge. Um, I don't want to read into this too much because they aren't so much of a known quantity either, like us, because they've got a new manager. They've got a bunch of new signings, actually. Nothing too, like, blockbuster, but remember, you know... Obama Young and Mkhitaryan's new generally, Lacazette's still quite new. Um, and then they got a bunch of sort of middle tier players um, in this recent summer window. He's got some good ideas, Emery, but I just don't see them massively threatening. Um, they got some, you know, good offensive players. And uh, you know what I think is a really good signing? That Gendozi, uh, the, the French teenager with the, with the big hair. Um, yeah, with the similarly styled hair to David Luiz. I think he's looks a player. I watched him in preseason. He's does he's um he's confident. He has really good long diagonal balls. And um I think he could be a player for them. It does look like he's gonna be a starting player. Uh he played against City. So one to watch maybe, but again, not a huge threat at the moment because he's gonna need time to settle. Um so it's going to be, I think it'll be a good game. It'll be an open game. We need to look out for sort of uh, these long balls, long diagonals over the top because if Gendozi is going to be firing them over, guess he's going to be eating those up all day. Aubameyang and a one-on-one situation with a pacey striker. Aubameyang puts those away. And you know what? <laughs> he's sort of like the opposite of Morata at the moment. And Lacazette offers a different... Um, question as well he's actually he looks really good when he came on against City a bit later he's the only one sort of threatening they should have started with him really but um yeah so they can definitely cause problems but I'd rather play them now and I'd rather play them at home at the bridge and I'd rather play them after we've had a 3-0 win and they've just lost 2-0 to City kind of similar to our loss in the uh, community shield um, although maybe they played it a little bit better than us, but you know they had a, their strongest team. They could beat us at Stamford Bridge, but I still I'd put us as favourites, man. So it's just a few things to sort of look out for. It really is those sort of long balls over the top, like where I did us in the uh, Community Shield. That was way too easy, and I back a, um, a Bamiyang to score against us there. So Kepera Riza Balaga is going to be tested more. Um, so we're going to have to, you know, it's going to be a, a much more of a test. I am looking forward to it. And I do think we'll win. I think we're uh, less likely to keep a clean sheet. But, you know, I think there will be goals. And Chelsea, when I beat Arsenal, <laughs> that's just the way it is. It's one of those games that you come out and you feel, and you know, and the players would be like, right, we're going to do this. Hazard will probably start. And he loves scoring against Arsenal. So back him to score, maybe. Um, I can see him doing some uh, dribbles around the midfield. And I can just see, uh, yeah. I never really like to say I'm confident or I'm feeling confident because that's the sort of, you know, the curse prior to the match. But I am confident and fuck it, we're going to beat Arsenal. (laughs) Excuse my language. I think I've actually listed this as explicit, this podcast. So yeah, fuck it, we're going to win. Even if we don't, guys, it's not the end of the world. We've started quite well. If as long as we see a good match with the style we want implemented and we see some goals, 
then we'll be all right. And I think importantly, if Morata scores, just get him off the mark, mate. Do you know what I mean? He's here now. He's our number one. Let's just see him score a goal. Even if he doesn't for a couple of games afterwards, fine. Let's just get him off the mark. You're doing the right things, mate. You're making the right runs. So let's just see how it goes. Um, okay, I don't want to read too much into the Arsenal match. We all know the sort of uh, the tangible facts. We're at the bridge. They've got full strength and they've been training with a gaffer for a while. They know what they want to do. We're not as privileged as that in terms of how much time we've had. But we've got better players in Arsenal, right? Right? And um, I know Emery's uh, got a lot of accomplishments as a manager, but I think Sari plays a better brand. Is certainly being praised for the best brand or alongside Pep last season of football. So let's hope for an entertaining game. But more importantly... A Chelsea win. Alright guys, before I get into the questions, I do want to just take a second to once again thank everyone for listening to the podcast and just offer a bit of information. Um, I'm not actually on Apple Podcasts yet and my first episode isn't either. Apparently it takes a little while to get approved and then after that they upload quicker. So expect that one to be available on Apple Podcasts soon and then hopefully not too far after this one as well. In the meantime, you can listen to this podcast on a bunch of different podcast platforms. I have put it on my Twitter, and you can always message me on Twitter and ask whether to listen to it. It's usually a pinned tweet, but if you want to know all the platforms, you can message me. I'll quickly run through what the podcast is currently available on. It's on something called Anchor, which is what I used to distribute it, like a boat's anchor. It's on Google Podcasts, which I don't think is available in the UK, but certainly is in America. Something called Breaker, uh, Overcast. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, which I think a lot of people use, and Spotify, which everyone uses, right? So, you know, listen to those ones I've just reeled off, check it out. You'll be able to find the pod. Um, again, don't, you know, you can always message me on Twitter, at Chelsea Yannick, which is the Yannick on Chelsea Twitter, and I will answer you, and we can talk about stuff, and I'll tell you where to listen to my podcast. Um, guys, I'm super new to this, so... If you do listen to my pod on one of those platforms, if there's a way you can review it, please do. I'd really appreciate a good review because I think they really help you in terms of exposure. And subscribe if you can, if you can do it on there. I'm not sure you can do it on Spotify, but if you can do it on one of the other ones you've found or by the time it comes up on Apple Pods, you know, please review and subscribe. Means a lot, guys. All right, you know what? Let's do some questions. Now, I've got a bunch of questions on Twitter. Um... A couple of them are the same. I might have kind of talked about some of this stuff already, but uh, let's just go through it and I'll um, I'll see if I can offer some of my opinions and insight. Um, one real Nana Kwame, I hope I didn't butcher your name, bro, asked if we're contenders. Weird little exchange, I sort of inquired contenders for what? He said top four. Yes. You know what? Yes. At first, you know, I was doing this nervous preseason. I'll take six in a Europa League title. Probably still would if the brand of football was better towards the later part of the season. But, you know what? Yes. We're better than Arsenal. And United did not look convincing against Leicester. I know they'll probably solid up, but bowl accounts is not super happy in that camp. It's really only City and Liverpool, excuse me, that are nailed on, right? So that's, I know that's what's four people for two slots, but even Spurs, man, we can... Certainly contenders, absolutely contenders for top four. That's my answer to that question. 
Uh, Ryan C. Beck, hey bro, how you doing, man? I've been exchanging with you a little bit on Twitter. He's asked the Alonso question. My only question is, why is Alonso in the system? He's slow and awkward, clumsy. Talks about how Emerson should replace him. I'm sort of the same opinion here. There was a little bit of a sort of a thread after that about people talking about Alonso. Alonso's a good player, right? He's a good footballer in a lot of attributes. And he was so... We bought him for like, what, something like 18 million from Fiorentina. And he was a sort of revelation, the highest scoring defender in Europe, certainly the Premier League. He tried really hard. He scored some absolute bangers and he's got a wicked free kick in him. So I think maybe to a degree... The board or I've, t- I've said to sorry, like, look, this guy's really has been really important. Try him out, see if he can make him work. A bit like when Conte first came and he um he, he tried some of the old guard, didn't he? Like your your JT and your Ivanovic. He tried the back four and eventually he screwed it up and was like, nope, bollocks to this. <laughs> I'm doing it my way. Um, I don't know if there's a touch of that. I think Alonso is a little bit different in the sense of. He probably has played fullback. I know he's um he's a wing back better or more traditionally, but uh, Sari plays attacking football. Alonso's good at attacking ele- elements. Now he's not good at running up and down the flanks because he's slow, and he's not the best defender. Those two, you know, elements there make you go, well, he shouldn't be our fullback then if those two things are the case. And I'm inclined to think that, but I want to give him a little bit more of a chance because of what he can offer. You know. And we've got Emerson Palmieri on the bench, who's more of a proper, dedicated fullback. He's quick. He's good at defending. He's good. Excuse me. He's good at defending, and he's better at taking on a man. Sounds better, right? In terms of what we want to do in the system, expect maybe to see him come in or a little bit more of development with Alonso. He might get better. Remember, Sari is a really good coach. So let's let's not completely write off Alonso. I think. Um, I think we'll have to wait and see. He's not a massive, massive weak link. I just think we could probably do better. Um, okay, so uh, one real non Kwame again. He, he asked me about um, Kovacic. He thinks it's rubbish. A loan deal without the option to buy. I don't think it's rubbish. I mean, it was obviously a deal sweetener. We don't know until we see him. It might just be... It could even be a little bit of a spiteful thing. Like, oh, we're just going to take this guy for you because he's the quarter. <laughs> we're going to sit him on the bench. No, I don't, I don't genuinely believe that. But he's a good quality player. Um, we've got a load of midfielders. We might not care that there's no option to buy. Maybe at the end... Maybe he plays every single game for us for Chelsea and he's excellent. And he goes back to Real Madrid. I want to play here. Let me play here. You never played me. And they go, okay, we'll set a big price to Chelsea and maybe we agree something. I don't know. Maybe we buy him for £50 million. Who knows? It's a difficult one to... We can't really judge that until we see him play if and, and how much he plays. So I can't really talk too much about that one. Edward Young asked me about Charlie Musonda. This this is a good question. Oh, Charlie, I don't think... I don't think Charlie Musonda's good enough. <laughs> that might be a bit of a controversial opinion. He had a few flair moments uh, last season when he made, he made he had a goal, didn't he? Was that in the Champions League group stage or a cup? I can't remember. He scored a nice goal. He has little flair moments, but I think it might be a sort of discipline thing. I don't want to read too much into how he didn't get a game at Celtic or many games. Um, I think that's more of Brendan Rodgers just being a little bit of a dickhead. He is good, but he's got this weird mentality when he threw his toys out of the pram and he had a strop, didn't he, on social media. And he's not properly built, even though he's like 20, 21. He's built like a sort of 
16 year old I think you know what if he sort of busts through and is really good but I can't see it we've got wingers we've got Hudson the door is our prodigy now who's younger and he's better I don't think anyone would dispute that so I think Charlie Musonda will eventually be sold. He needs to change his attitude because if if he is if that's going to happen, he needs to just accept that, go to a, hopefully a good club and be really good for them. Um, I think I saw his name on the lineup in the development squad, so he's not even training with the first team. Um, do I think Charlie Musonda has a future at Chelsea? Nope, is my answer. Okay, next question. Let's go. Jason, do you think Morata will blossom into a player us fans can get excited about? Um, or will he continue to disappoint? That, I mean, it's really difficult to say that because for us to get excited about, what does he need to do? Score 18 league goals a season solidly, but important goals, great. I mean, that would be good. He's not. I don't think he's ever going to go mental and score... 25 plus league goals I mean maybe it will but when you've got a sort of mentality like Morata I just don't think it's in you um the consistency needs to be there I hope he's you know what Chelsea really value him in terms of his skill set we've obviously looked at him for a while well a lot of people looked at him for a while and we know what he can do um he had a hard season last season emotionally with his friend passing and his you know his kids and whatnot settling in a new country so maybe he'll get into the groove a little bit more it's a positive style of football we'll have to see a bit more you know if he scores 16 league goals this season like Lukaku did last season everyone thinks Lukaku had a great season last season he scored half the goals Salah did and he was a centre forward not a winger granted he plays in a defensive uh, system under Jose but that was considered a good season if he does 16 goals you know, becomes our top scorer, similar goals to Hazard, you know, late teens. Great. I think we'll get excited about him and we'll be happy with him. Certainly we'll get off his back and that will be, that would be good. Uh, getting excited is a difficult thing to say because we'll just, there'll be a sort of relief will come before excitement, I think. Um, hope that answers your question, dude. Eddie asked me, do you think we have the right fullbacks for this style of play? As Pelicueta, I think, does. Um, I've said in the last pod, and I think I said on Love Sport Radio, the way Sari's Napoli side played. I haven't really analysed this Chelsea one too much, but it's a bit lopsided with the left side going forward and the back right tucking in, meaning as Pelicueta sort of becomes, at times, a little bit more of a right centre-back, but also a right full-back. He's tailor-made for that kind of positioning. So as Pelicueta, definitely. Well, I've discussed Alonso. I don't think he's, like, prime for the position but um, maybe Emerson could be and maybe Alonso could be coached into a better left uh, fullback but yeah so the, to answer the question I'd probably say yes in terms of stylistically I think Palmieri and Azpilicueta suits it perfectly but we'll just have to see what happens with the Alonso saga okay Ryan how you doing homie you left uh, three questions uh, how many minutes do we imagine Callum Hudson-Odoi, Rubes and Ampadu getting this season to keep them rather than loan them? Okay, so, uh, ooh, that's a good question, mate. <laughs> when it comes to loaning, I think another loan to Ruben might be the last straw in, mate, before he goes. It's it's a difficult one with Ruben because he's got a lot, he's, he's more senior and he's got a lot of competition in that place. For him to get minutes to not be loaned out, he'd have to fight for his place and make that place his own. Because um, he just won't want to stay otherwise, I don't think. So 
that you know he really has to be a starter or a 50-50 rotation for that for Ruben to be happy and stay Ampadu dude I mean if it's a difficult it's a good question dude Ampadu I think he's so he looks so good I kept like waxing lyrical about Ampadu because he just doesn't make a mistake he's quite built for a 17 year old I think he will start all the sort of Europa games and the early cup games and I'll think he'll just sort of hang about unless he becomes starter level and we give him a one-year loan to like a really decent team. They're like, you know what, this dude's fat in mustard, mate. I know I've got a lot of American listeners, but that means good. Um, then, you know, great. And I think um, maybe that will do him really good. But, it's, uh, you know, we rotate. I think the same with Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ampadu. They'll both play Europa and Cup games. We know they're staying with the first team. If they impress, then Sari may consider them more for the next season. We know Sari likes this sort of solidified 11. So it's a difficult question, and it's a good one, dude. I think the other competitions are going to to determine whether they go on loan or not. I think maybe Ampadu and even Callum Hudson-Odoi, if they really shine, maybe give them like a high, a high sort of tier loan, maybe to like a Dortmund or something. Or thinking more Callum, and I'll be okay with that because he could come back an absolute baller and um, a little bit more experience. So I hope that answers that question. You've asked me also, realistically, what should we consider a successful season? Um, top six in Europa League title or top four and good cup runs? What do you see as nailed on starters? I've kind of went through that already. Up for grabs will be the, the third midfield spot maybe left back between our two left backs and Christensen eventually in for Louise I think it might happen uh got loads of questions guys thank you so much I like interacting with you guys this is fun I hope you enjoy it and I hope you get you're pleased that I've read out your question right Paul is asked what do you think uh about the faith of Kate or Louise and drink water Moses are okay so Cahill I think is going to suffer um, I don't think he's the right kind of player. We might see him in like some, you know, early group stage games in Europa. Um, I think Moses, he's being used now as a front three. He won't be used as a right back and he obviously won't be used as a midfielder as he doesn't have those qualities. So he might really suffer because he'll be on the right and it's, you know, Willian and Pedro are certainly in front of him for that position. So that's going to be a difficult one for Moses. He's going to really suffer. Cahill's really going to suffer. Louise, obviously, he's fancied at the moment by Sarri. He's come out and said, like, yep, he's good. He's a good footballer. He's important in the dressing room. He's definitely very important in the dressing room. We know that. So he'll always be sort of floating around, even if he sort of doesn't become absolute first choice. And drink water, he's going to he's gonna suffer, dude. He, I don't think he'll be long for Chelsea. Hopefully I'm wrong, but there you go. Um, Michi out on loan uh, without an option to buy. Do you think he's got a future at Chelsea? I won't, I did cover that. I think it is a good loan upon upon reflection. And I hope he's got a future at Chelsea because he's going to be so experienced and cultured in all these different leagues. I think it'll be great. Um, and then you also asked about how many games will Hudson-Odoi, Ampadu and Bolka get this season. I don't think Bolka will get any games. I think he'll stay with the development squad. I actually heard something about he needs to spend one more season with the development squad or the second or the Premier League two for him to be considered a homegrown player, I think, or something like that before he can be put in the first team squad. You'll have to check that, but that sounds very Chelsea FC to me. Um, he looks a player there, doesn't he? So 
he's um he's only a little bit younger than Kepa, but I think we'll keep him around. And I've sort of answered about Ampadu and Hudson Adoy already. Um, and then Collins asked a few questions, similar questions. I think we've already answered them. Talking about Sari, Alonso, Emerson. Um, we've talked about those. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um. It's the same. Okay, so how can Chelsea maximise Ruben knowing we've signed Kovacic um, to be a ball carrying to be a uh, a ball carrying midfielder? Again, I mean Ruben would not like would not have liked the signing of Kovacic, but then again, neither would have Barkley. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, I can we can only talk about their qualities. Ruben's really uh, if if you haven't go back and listen to the first pod. Um, I did talk a lot about Ruben Loftus Cheek and his qualities. Um, just listen to the first poll anyway, because it's not. It wasn't just talking about the Community Shield. I was talking about Chelsea as a whole, the appointment of Sari, and uh, a bit of everything. So if you haven't listened, go back and have a listen, and I do cover that quite a lot. How can Callum showcase best showcases talent in the first team? Just keep your head down and chill, man. Don't get your don't get your uh, your head all twisted up like Morata, which doesn't look like he will do. He looks like he expresses himself. <laughs> with the freedom that 70 year olds 17 year olds usually do you know he just looks like a kid having fun keep doing that in the Europa League and um and we're in business all right guys I have reviewed the Huddersfield game I have previewed the Arsenal game and I've gone through your questions um I hope you enjoyed it I really enjoy it um, eventually I will look to try and get some guests on but for the moment I do really enjoy just talking into this microphone and sort of interacting with your questions and hopefully you like it too like I said I was really touched to get loads of positive feedback from you guys um, and you know I'm really looking forward to the next pod again and hopefully um, I can share this podcast with more and more people if you've enjoyed it and you know more Chelsea fans please do share with them also and like I said, if you're on a platform where you can subscribe and leave a positive review, that would mean a lot. You know, I'm sure you're all following me on Twitter anyway, because that's my main sort of outlet of getting this out. But my Twitter handle is at Chelsea Yannick, and that's the Yannick on Chelsea podcast Twitter. All right. And that will be it for today, guys. Thanks for listening to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. Keep the blue flag flying high up the Chelsea carefree wherever you may be. See you later, everyone.